Lord God, you are truly awesome. Lord God, you're awesome in this place because your presence is here, because you reside within us through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray this morning that we would connect with you on a greater level. Father, that we would just let go of the things that may be weighting us down or the burdens that we may be carrying this morning, Lord God, and just look to you. For you are help in times of need. I know there are people here this morning that really need you, God. They need to experience your love. They need your peace. We all need it, God. So, Father, we pray that you continue to rain down upon us this morning. God. Oh, Lord, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, Lord. That you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, God. And most importantly, Lord, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning, God that we would be willing to lay those things down, those hindrances, those barriers, those things that would keep us from just jumping into your lap, God. And that in turn, that you would pour into us, Lord, that you would meet our every need. So we pray all these things, not just with words, but with expectation, Lord, that you will do all, of the, all that we're asking and, and even greater in abundance, Lord, super abundance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship. Warrior Youth, you guys are dismissed. And I want to thank all of you for choosing to be here this morning and and uh, worshiping with us. There are a lot of other things that you could be doing, and uh, so I'm glad that you're here today. Before I get started, I want to do something that I've done the last few weeks. I want to promote the Bible reading program, and thank you. And I want you guys to be reading, and I want you to be encouraging one another to read, all right? (laughs) So make that part of your conversation. Hey, are you reading the Bible every week? So if you would join us in that and, and help promote that. Also, the other thing that I'd like to encourage you to continue to do is come to Bible study and promote that as well. Reach out to your friends and neighbors. Come on, it's good stuff. And especially if Life Fellowship is your home and this is where you get your spiritual food, you need to be coming here on Wednesdays from 7 to 7.45. And it's for sixth grade through adults. We have child care for the younger ones back there. It's good stuff. And the third thing that I want to promote and ask you to continue to do and promote is come on Sunday mornings. Commit to coming on Sunday mornings. We've been talking about the blueprints for life. We're giving you the blueprints. We're reinforcing the blueprints. Maybe you forgot what the blueprints look like, so let us help you. We're helping ourselves understand what the blueprints for life are. And reach out to your neighbors. You know that it's our heart to impact this community. And so you have a great privilege and opportunity to reach out to your neighbors and, uh, and pray. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for them. And then take a step and invite them to come to church with you on Sunday and, and on Wednesdays for Bible study. These tools will help you in your everyday life. I promise you they will help you get through life. If you want to begin to turn to a couple of passages of Scripture, we're going to be going to 1 John chapter 4, and that's the fifth book from the end of the New Testament. And then also we're going to be going to 1 Peter. And through this series, we've been talking about laying the foundation, and most of you know that we're building a house, and I was thinking about how important the foundation is 
One of the most important things in the foundation is getting the sewer lines correct. I mean, those are probably things we don't like to think about or talk about too much. But do any of you have junk in your life that you need to get out of your life? I mean, come on. And so if the sewer lines are plugged up, you have a problem. And so we know, we've learned that the foundation is built on Christ, and Christ is, just takes that stuff out of our lives, the stuff that needs to be removed as we yield our life to him. And so we're building the foundation on Christ. And part of that is, is allowing him access into our life to remove the stuff that needs to be removed from our life. So the foundation must be correct. And we talked about installing the correct support systems. We've talked about faith and trust and obedience. And last week, we looked at another great support, godly, healthy relationships. We were created to be in relationship with God. And so we have that innate desire and need to be in relationship, not only with him, but one another, to have real and honest relationships those are vital to our spiritual health and, and growth and maturity. In Proverbs 18, 24, it says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And I talked about this. I didn't talk about the scripture last week, but I talked about how a lot of times people will get into this, this relationship where it's very sarcastic and putting one another down. Listen, it's just as easy to encourage one another as, as it is to tear one another down. So let's build one another up. And I have friends that I trust more than my family, honestly. There's a connection within the body of Christ, and there are people that God places in our life that are closer than a brother. I can think of numerous people that God has brought into my life, and those relationships are vital. They're critical. They're important. They touch my life. They're important to have. Today's sermon is Love the Covering. Okay, so when you think about building a house or a building, you think about laying the foundation you think about the support system that goes up, the studs and the walls, and then love is the covering. Think about the roof that goes over your house. That covers everything. Well, love is the covering for us spiritually. One of the things that God values most are relationships. God created all things. God created all people. But does everyone have a relationship with him? I would say no. And it's not because that's not God's heart and desire. It's because he's given us a free will and a choice. Do we choose to have a relationship with him? Do I choose to have a relationship with you? Yeah, it's a choice that we make. And I choose to have a relationship with you guys, a godly, healthy relationship. And those, you guys bless my life. And as we connect, we're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be connected together properly. And so God's desire is that everyone would have a relationship, an authentic, honest relationship with him. I was talking with someone recently about prayer, and they had some questions about prayer. I said, prayer is just talking to God like we're talking right now, just being honest with him. Do you ever get frustrated? Do you ever cry out to God? I mean, I mean I've shared with you guys how... You know, I've yelled and screamed at God when I've gotten frustrated, not at him necessarily, but just to get it out of my system. I've cried. I've praised him. I've worshiped him. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you, with all of us. It's authentic and real. How realistic would it be, husbands and wives, for you to never, to think, well, I'm, we're never going to have a fight or an argument or a disagreement. 
I mean, that wouldn't be realistic. And so God wants to have a real, authentic relationship with us. Listen, when you get upset and mad about something, I promise you he can handle it. And I'm not proposing that your, your prayer time is yelling and screaming at God. I'm not proposing that. I'm just saying be real because God wants to have a real and authentic relationship with you. That's why we were created. It's not about performing, and so many people think that their relationship with God is all about performance. It's not about performing. It's about simply receiving God's love. God's love is here. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do this. You wouldn't try to look for oxygen molecules and put them in your mouth so you could breathe air, right? It's here. God's love is here. And we just simply need to receive it. All right, so my first point this morning is God is love. It's all about love. And if you want to begin to turn to 1 John chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 7 through 13. 1 John was written by John, a, a close friend of Jesus and one of his disciples. And this letter was written probably about 50 years after Jesus was crucified and, and died and rose again. And he was writing to non-Jewish believers. He was writing to the Gentiles. And John knew something about love. John knew something about the love of God. He had a great love for Jesus, and Jesus had a great love for him. Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Let me read that again. Dear friends, let us continue to love. Are you loving one another? Let's continue in that. If you're not, then okay, let's get on board. Let's start loving one another, all right? So let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. The emotion of love is probably one of the most powerful blessings God has given us. You know that. I mean, love will make you do crazy things, make you jump out of windows and, and beat the odds and, and do all kinds of crazy things. Love is powerful, and it's meant to be a blessing for us to love God and love one another. God is love. And when we truly love others, we're demonstrating we know God and are reflecting his heart and character. So as we love one another, we are reflecting the heart of God. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Let's look at verse 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Have you ever met people that just didn't seem very lovely? Maybe it could be that they're very wounded. Probably there's something going on there. I mean, I know you've met people that have just been rude. I mean, we all have. They may be very wounded. And when I see somebody that's really like a cactus, man, you, you try to get near them and they're, they're poking you. If you can look beyond the exterior what you will normally find is somebody that's really wounded, really hurting, rude. And so it's demonstrated in rudeness or whatever it may be. And listen, when someone's rude to you, you don't need to get mad. <laughs> you don't need to make some smart aleck comment back to them, all right? You don't need to be rude to them. Just realize they probably don't have love because they probably don't have a relationship with God. I can think of numerous situations where I've run across people like that and where, I, where God has allowed me to have the opportunity to, to talk to them. 
And some of the crustiest, meanest, hardest people are really broken people. I can think of situations where God opened up a door and they would begin to cry because they were so hurting, they were so wounded. And so when we realize that, we need to pray for those people. We need to pray for them. I mean, we're all like that at some point in time. Do you ever get rude and mean and ugly? And so we can pray for one another. We can have relationship with one another so that we can go to one another when we're hurting, when we're wounded, when we're struggling. Say, listen, I need some help. We all need a relationship with God. So my first point is God is love. My second point is God expresses his love. Let's continue on in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life through him. This sounds a little familiar to the gospel of John. Let's, let's look at John three sixteen and 17. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. He goes on to say in verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. How many people do you know that think that God is just looking to judge them? But Jesus came to save us. He came to restore us back into relationship with God. And so that's his greatest desire. John had a passionate grasp and pulse of God's love. Why? Because he had experienced it. John had lived it. John's life was completely transformed because of God's love for him. And here it is 50 or 60 years after that, after Jesus has died and and gone to heaven, and he's still writing about love. Listen, you wouldn't be writing to the churches about something that didn't matter. 50 or 60 years later, he's still impacted because it changed his life. His passion and understanding is impacting us 2,000 years later. John is writing these letters, hoping others will experience this wonderful gift of love because he was so passionate about it, and he knew the transforming power of God's love. It's important that we understand God really does love us. There may be some of you sitting here today or listening to this message online that really don't believe that God loves you. And if you don't get anything else today, know that God loves you deeply and dearly. And his greatest desire is to be in relationship with you. An intimate, honest, authentic relationship with you. I can tell you there are people out there that you run across every day that need to hear this message that God loves them. And God is placing you in positions and situations and circumstances where you can share the love of Christ. But if we don't get it here, how can we share it with anybody else? I mean, we need to be confident in that. We need to be secure in that and understand that God's love for us is not performance-based. It's just his love is here for us, just like the oxygen and the nitrogen and the argon and all the things are in the air around us. God's love is all around us, and his greatest desire is to be in deep, intimate relationship with each and every one of you, all of us. 1 John 4, 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might 
have eternal life through him. One thing that I've seen is that God is just like at the starting blocks, just waiting to come to us. I've seen people, before they've even really done anything, they've just made a decision in their heart to follow God or obey God, and I see God just like all over them because he is just waiting for those who don't know him and are not responding to him to begin to respond. And before they even take a step toward him, he's coming toward them. Just like you would do with your child. If your child, something scared them, and you could just see the look on their face, and you would run to them before, maybe they were in fear and terrorized, and they couldn't even move. And God is like that. He's just looking for those who want to have a relationship with him, and he's running toward them. Verse 10 says, This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God expressed his love for us in a way that we are incapable of. God has done things that none of us can do for ourselves. Jesus came and died on the cross to take away all of our sins. We don't have the power to do that. Now, we can forgive others. We can forgive people, but we can't take away sin. And we can receive forgiveness. You know people that need to receive forgiveness? They keep going around and around in a circle and they can't forgive themselves or they won't forgive themselves. Are they greater than God? Listen, if God can forgive us, who are we not to forgive one another and forgive ourselves? I want to give you an extreme example because God's love is radical and extreme. Let's pretend that you owe someone $50 million dollars. And someone comes and says, I'm going to pay that $50 million. No strings attached. You know, I'm not asking you to do anything. or I, I just want to pay this off. You'd be going, why? Why would you do that for me? And they would say, because I want to. And you might say something like, there's no way I can ever pay you back. And they're like, yeah, I know. That's what God has done for us. We can never repay him for what he's done. But Christ came and died on the cross because he wanted to, because he loves you that much to take away all of our sin. And not only to take away our sin, but that we would walk in the fullness of life, that we would be set free from the shackles and chains and the bondage and break, break down the walls that keep us from relationship with him, but also others. You know people that have so many walls around them, they won't have a relationship with anybody else because they don't trust anyone or they've been so hurt or wounded or whatever it may be. It could be selfishness. It could be a number of things. But God wants to break all those walls down. And as we begin to yield to him and come to him, it impacts every relationship, not just our relationship with God, but every relationship. I want to give you another scenario. A person shows up at the gates of heaven. I don't know why they always say St. Peter's at the gates of heaven. I'm not sure why they say it. It could be an angel, but maybe. Let's say it's St. Peter. All right. So they show up at the, the gate of heaven, and uh, the gates of heaven, and they said, listen, listen. I know I've never, I never have accepted Christ, but I want in. I want in this place called heaven. And St. Peter would say, well, too bad. I mean, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. Well, no, no, you don't understand. I have $10 billion. And St. Peter would probably say something like, sir, you don't understand. Salvation is not for purchase. 
look behind me. You see the streets are made of gold. God doesn't need your $10 billion. He blessed you with that money to be a blessing, not to consume it on yourself. And so, listen, we can't buy or manipulate our way into a relationship with God. We can't work hard enough to get there. It's simply just receiving it. I mean, listen, can it get any easier than that? We just simply need to receive. How can you place monetary value on forgiveness for all your sins? $50 million, $10 billion? I mean, you can't. God's kind of love goes beyond money or anything that we could ever give. It goes beyond our comprehension, I believe, because I can't imagine a God that would love us that much, that would forgive us of all of our sins and, and run toward us. It goes on to say in verse 11, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. Since God has loved us that much, surely we ought to love one another. Do you really love others outside your family? I'm going to ask you a series of questions I don't want you to answer, okay? Just, I want you to ponder these. Do you really love others outside your family? And so how do you express that love? Have others experienced God's kind of love from you? How has God's love given or expressed through others impacted you? How has God's love pouring through you impacted other lives? So look at verse 12, 1 John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. So when we love one another, people are seeing the express love of God through our lives. When others see the authentic love we have for each other, they're seeing the expression of God's love through our lives. And, you know, I think as people begin to see that, they would begin to ask some questions or, or think about some things like, oh, that's what God's love looks like. You mean God's love is an authentic love? I mean, it's not just some ethereal, religious, legalistic thing. It's really authentic love. You mean it's tangible? I can think of numerous examples or situations, and maybe you can too, where maybe you've been having a conversation with someone or praying with someone, and the presence of God, the love of God is so strong that it's almost tangible. When I've had situations like that with unbelievers or, or maybe very, well, you know, I don't know if they're saved or not. I, I would, in my own mind, I would say they probably aren't, but I don't know. I'm not God. But it would seem that they were unsaved, that they don't have a relationship with God, a, an intimate, personal relationship with God, and they would almost be crying. I would almost be crying. You know I'm a crybaby anyway. But listen, you know, the power of God would be moving so mightily, it was almost tangible. It was life-impacting. It was life-changing. Because maybe for the first time, they're really experiencing the love of God. And they're feeling that. Listen, the love of God is different than, than the love from the world. It feels different. It is different. We were created to experience that kind of love. It's through situations like that that people may actually come to the Lord. They may say, wow, this love 
This God's love thing is real. It's tangible. It's something that I can feel. Yes, it's real. It's life-changing. When we're around others, they should experience that expression of God's love. Because we should be so filled with the love of God that it's oozing out of every part of our being, out of every pore. That whenever we come in contact with someone, they're experiencing and feeling the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. 1 John 4, 13. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he is in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And when we experience that kind of love, when we have an experience like that, it's proof that we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And that's something that I think, I don't know that it grows in our life, but I think we become greater in our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, hearing His small, still voice. That's why every Sunday morning I pray that God will open our ears to hear His small voice. But you know what? We can hear with our ears and have our heart closed off or walled off. And so I pray, God, open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. Because when we encounter God, it changes our life. Another sermon or another scripture may not have the impact. It probably doesn't have the impact that the presence of God has in our life. And so we yield to him and we say, God, do something in my life. Touch me. Fill me to overflowing with your love. Let me experience your love in a greater measure. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. The Holy Spirit living in you is the confirmation. And you know what that's like. Man, there have been times when, when I was working in the lab, when I was working in research, and, and I would maybe just be running an experiment or doing something kind of menial. And all of a sudden, I would just feel like the power and the love of the Holy Spirit would just overwhelm me. And sometimes I would begin... You know, you know what, I, what it's going to be. I begin to weep, you know, and I'm at work, so I'm kind of like being indiscreet. What's he crying about over there? Or I would get to the end of that task, and I, I would take a, take a drive around the plant, or I would go walk to the warehouse, or I would go outside to the cylinder rack and just begin to spend time with God or go to my office. And it's powerful. It's powerful. God wants to do that in our lives. So God wants us to be continually Touched by his love. And when you're feeling that, that overwhelming feeling, that's the expression of God's love through his Holy Spirit. You know, there have been times when I wasn't doing anything special. I hadn't been fasting for days. And, you know, it's just God will decide to just pour out his love on me. And, and then, like I shared earlier, there have been times where God's opened up the door for me to have conversations. And it's powerful, guys. Because it's the power of God flowing through us, touching other lives, changing their heart, changing their life. God's desire is for us to live in that expression continually. Not just a couple hours a week on Sunday morning, but to live in that place where we encounter him. So my third point this morning is let your life be an expression of God's love. Let's go to 1 Peter 4.8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Continue to show deep love, not superficial, not this fake plastic kind of love. Have you ever met people? Maybe, 
I know when people come to Life Fellowship, they talk about the warmth and friendliness of the people here, you guys. And they talk about, uh, some of them talk about the authenticity of that. Have you ever gone somewhere, maybe not to church, but somewhere where somebody's like, oh, hi, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. You know, and they're kind of uh, complacent about it. We're to have a deep love, a true, authentic love. And I've told you guys that I pray that God will give me his kind of love for others that he has for me. And I encourage you to pray that prayer because God will do that. Maybe he'll make you a crybaby too. (laughs) But listen, if we pray those kinds of prayers, I believe that God honors that. God's greatest desire is that we would be in that kind of relationship with him, but also that we would be filled with that, filled with the Holy Spirit and his love to impact the world around us. You know uh, that sin means to miss the mark. Like an archer shooting at a target, and they miss the whole target. They completely miss the whole thing. Let me ask you another series of questions. I've got a lot of questions for you today. How many times have you missed the mark with God? How many times have you completely missed the target with God? How much love do you think God has extended to you? How many times have others missed the mark with you? Oh, they broke their promise. You know, they really, really hurt me. They lied about me. How much love did you extend to them? (laughs) Ooh, it's getting hot now. But you don't know how much they hurt me. You don't know how much they lied about me. I wonder what Jesus said. I wonder what Jesus thought. You don't know how much they hurt me. You don't know how much they misunderstood my love. You don't know how much they lied about me. I'm not going to the cross. I'm done with these guys. Jesus said, no, I love them anyway. What kind of love are we expressing? Let's go back to the first question. How many times have you missed the mark with God? And how loving and gracious has he been to you? How many times have you missed the mark with others? How how many times have you acted out of selfishness or rudeness or whatever it may be? How much grace and love have others extended to you? God's love has has covered a multitude of our sins. If I could, and I don't know that I could... But if I could add up the number of sins in my life that I've been forgiven of, it would probably be millions. And then if we took a cumulative account, it would be millions and millions, whatever that number would be. But if I look at my life, I know that God's love has covered a multitude of sins in my life. And then if I were to to lump all of us together, there's there's a huge multitude of sins that he's covered. And so God wants us to love him and love one another. They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love, love God and love one another. If you do this, you will fulfill all the law. Everything that the prophets taught, you will fulfill these. If you just love God and love one another. Do you remember the key to your life found in Deuteronomy 30, verse 20? The key to your life is love God, obey God, commit firmly to him. That is the key to your life. If we would just do those things, that's the key to life. 
we can demonstrate and express God's love by extending the same measure of love to others that he extends to us. Are you willing to do that? It's a choice. We lay the foundation of our lives in Christ. We build a solid support structure with things like faith and trust and obedience. We add to that structure with, by having authentic relationship with God and each other. The roof is the covering. The protection is based in love. God's desire is to love us and have us love him and be in relationship with him. And what I found in my life, that's a lifelong process. You know, I found that in relationship with my wife, is I love her more today after 30 years of marriage. And I know she loves me because the proof that I'm still alive means she, she loves me. But it's a relationship, guys. It's not a light switch that's on and off. On on Sunday. Off on Monday, driving down 45. On on Wednesday, a Bible study. Off when I leave the parking lot. Listen, it's a lifelong commitment and relationship. God is love. God expresses his love to us. Let your life be an expression of God's love. The expression of God's love in your life can change the dynamics of a completely messed up and dysfunctional family. Don't raise your hands, but you know any messed up, dysfunctional families? God's love can begin to change the whole dynamics by just touching one life. And so as God touches our life, he, he does something amazing in our hearts. And then he begins to touch our marriage. And then our children. And so this same expression of God's love can change our neighborhoods and communities. Because as, as we're infused with the love of God and we go to our workplace, it has an impact. As we go through our neighborhoods, it has an impact. As we interact with our neighbors, as our children go to school. I mean, we're talking dozens of of potential lives that could be impacted by the love of God in us. Just because we simply show up and we're encouraging and we're sharing the love of Christ with others, it can make a huge impact. What if every one of us did that and our children do that? Think of the impact that it would make. Expressing God's love could radically touch this nation. If every church member, everyone in church today, in every church across America, would go out and express the love of God, what do you think that would do to our nation? What kind of impact do you think that would have? Listen, I, I don't talk about political stuff from the pulpit. I, I don't talk about political stuff much at all. Most of you have no idea of my persuasion politically, and I don't care about that. What I want you to know is that our problem is not political. It is spiritual, guys. We need to bring God back into our society. It starts right here with me. It starts with you. Listen, I don't know. I don't care who you vote for. There's going to be problems. But what we need is God. We need God back in society. We need to pray. We need to teach our children to pray. I don't care what the school system says. They can't stop you from praying. I'm praying right now. 
and we're teaching our children about the things of God, they're going to need it. They need it now. We all need it. God's love working through us can change the world. And, and I'm hoping in the next couple of months we can have our missionaries come back that uh, have been in Africa. Life Fellowship, the church, you guys, us, is making an impact in the world because we're supporting these missionaries that are going over to Africa. And I can't wait for them to come and share the stories. I've shared a little bit with you about how they were handing out food to people in Africa. And they had a limited number of cookies. They realized they were going to run out of cookies. And their two little children began to pray. They ran out of cookies. But God somehow supernaturally kept providing cookies for the children that were coming. And when I've asked about that, she said, brother, it's mind-boggling. I, I still can't comprehend. But that's the kind of love that God has for us. That he will provide cookies for little children so that they won't feel rejected or left out. Listen, if God will provide cookies, he'll provide a lot more than that. We need more than cookies, guys. God's love working in us can change the world. It's a choice that we make multiple times every day. Are we going to choose to allow God's love to flow through our lives to others? Demonstrating faith and trust in God, choosing to obey him, developing our relationship with God and others. Those things are all important. But will you choose to be an expression of God's love? If so, God may give you the opportunity to impact thousands of lives. Lives that can then impact other lives. What if Billy Graham would have not taken the call? You know, God could have raised somebody else up. But look at all the millions of lives that have been impacted. And then look at all those millions of lives that were impacted that are now going and impacting the world. God has a great great destiny for you not only for you but for your children but we have to follow the blueprints for life to walk in the fullness of those blessings and his great destiny for you and it's a choice that, that we make first peter 4 8 most important of all continue to show deep love for each other pray that god will give you the kind of love that he has for others pray that the people that you struggle with that are hard to love, say, God, help me to love them. I know you love them. And I know if I could see past the crustiness of that person, I would see a wounded, broken person inside. So help me to love them. Help me to make a difference in this world. Help me to make a difference in their lives. God, and I yield myself to you so that you can change me from the inside out. We need to be sure that we're following God's blueprint for our life. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, if God is tugging on your heart, you know that. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him, or maybe you had one at one point in time and you've walked away. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. But would you simply slip up your hand? Would you be honest enough with God? Would you be bold enough to slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. Anybody here? Thank you for that. Thank you. Anybody else? 
All right, I want you to pray this prayer. You can just pray it silently, okay? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I yield my life to you. I receive all of your forgiveness. I forgive myself, and I choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And I receive all of your love today. And I thank you for your forgiveness of my sins. I thank you that I have eternal salvation with you. It's not based on my good or bad performance. It's simply based on your grace. And I receive this new life today. Today is a new day. And I walk in the freedom and the liberty that Christ came to give. In Jesus' name. I'll pray one more prayer for you. Father, I, I lift up this young lady. I pray the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit would just indwell within her and wash over her in a powerful way that she would experience you in a fresh new way, Lord God. That she would connect with you in a way that she never dreamed possible. Lord, and that you would fill her to overflowing with your great love. And Father, I thank you that your love washes out all the stuff from the deepest recesses of all of our hearts, of all of our lives. That you want to bring health and healing and wholeness to us. You want to bring us into a right relationship with you and one another. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for your great love. And I pray that, that we would go from this place changed, Lord. In Jesus' name. John 10, 10 says the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life, full life. So as we go from this place this morning, let's make sure that we're full of the life of God, the love of God, and then let's share that with others. Will you do that? No? Yes. All right. All right. That's the right answer. Thank you so much. You're dismissed. God bless you. Go out and live it. <laughs>